It's the Stinking Truth Podcast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome into the Stinking Truth Podcast. Mark Schlereth alongside Mike Evans, uh, Millennial Ben, producing the show. Got to thank our new presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers. Find out more at betrivers.com. Download the app. They do a phenomenal job. And, uh, Mike, during the course of the season, we'll be doing our picks against the spread. We'll have an expert on from Bet Rivers to uh, basically, basically spank us around a little bit and uh, and give us all the uh, ins and outs. Yeah, but I am looking to uh, repeat, go back-to-back. Back-to-back losing? No, back-to-back winning. You didn't win. You, you I be- won last well, year. Well, you, you won the regular season, but who cares about the regular season? I'm all about the rings, and I, I beat you during the playoffs. Ugh, no. It's the regular it in the overall in the totality of it all. I won total. I this, won when it mattered. No, it, this is a. I won the overall title against the spread. This is a title thing. Okay. This is not. Okay. This is not. Right, we'll give you the president's trophy. Right. Yes. <laughs> a lot of good I, that does you. <laughs> As the avalanche. Yeah, right? Dang it. Uh, <laughs> he, he actually got I me. had you there. He actually got me up yeah. with my own, he got me with my own words. My own, my well, own. We're, hey, we're a week away, man. I know. How about it? I mean, Kansas City and, and Dallas will be here before we know it, then a full weekend, and, and off we go. Is I'm he pumped? Oh, man. It's going to be it's gonna be phenomenal, right? And you got plenty more storylines. The biggest one this, this past week, Cam Newton out. In New England. Out and out, out. And Mac Jones, who we affectionately have dubbed Squishy Mac for his appearance in that photo of him taking without his shirt on right after they won the national championship at Alabama, Squishy Mac, he takes over. He takes over, and it just goes to show you, you know, we all get fascinated. I think think there's a fascination, and I, I understand why, with athleticism, right? How quick twitch a guy is, how high he can jump, how fast he runs the 40, his change of direction and all that stuff. And really, what separates good from great in the National Football League is how quick you process. Can you play fast from the neck up, not the neck down? And I, I, would, I would tell you that you can't pay, play fast from the neck down unless you can play fast from the neck up. And the decision-making process, when you watch Mac Jones play, you know, I mean, his, his, physically he's fine, whatever. You know, you got a uniform on, he's, he's great, whatever. But when you watch him diagnose and trigger, and I mean just instantly, like see it, throw it. There's no hesitation. You know, the old adage of he who hesitates is lost or, you know, paralysis by analysis, we say a lot in the NFL – You watch that guy, man. He sees what he sees, and he believes it. He trusts it. He's not waiting for it. Like, let me make sure that what I saw pre-snap and what I've seen post-snap, let me just make sure. Let me take another half a second. Let me take another second just to make sure. That's what I always call guys as sight throwers. I'm I'm not going to pull the trigger until that guy turns his eyes around and looks at me. And he is just, I mean, he's he's just letting it rip, man. He's been so impressive, and it's interesting because you and I have had this conversation before about the value of preseason games 
as opposed to the value of of um, the joint practices and what you see teams do. What you see teams do is they get together with a counterpart in the opposite conference. So it's usually like the Broncos scrimmage the Minnesota Vikings. The New England Patriots scrimmage the Giants. And in those Giants scrimmages, Mac Jones was just going off. I mean, just going off. And I think, obviously, at that point, Cam Newton was out on the COVID protocol. And they saw Mac Jones just take over the offense. Just, I mean, just like I'm in charge. And I think that's what they needed to see in those situations. Because in the preseason games, what you're really doing is you're just you're just saying, can you line up correctly and can you play our base defense? You know, can you do our, our base things? We don't want to show any of our opponents during the course of this preseason the special, you know, how we're going to rotate and how we're going to disguise. We're not showing any of that stuff. So it becomes very simplistic. But in those joint practices, you show them everything. And obviously, Mac Jones cut that up. In them showing them the how they're going to rotate in coverage and how they're going to disguise their coverage, and, and it didn't bother him. And I think that's what gave Bill Belichick the you know the aha moment, the epiphany that this is my guy. I'm going to start him. Well, Cam definitely left the door open for Mac to barrel through when he was not available because he did not pass the COVID protocols. Now, Cam has never acknowledged whether or not he was vaccinated or not. He said that's a personal choice, but. There's no doubt that being out of uh, the loop last week opened up that opportunity for Mac Jones, which then you had Urban Meyer come out and said, oh, absolutely, Uh, a player's vaccinated status plays a role. Chris Ballard with Indianapolis kind of acknowledged the same thing. The NFL Players Association fought back and said um, that 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 shouldn't play a role. I, I think, Mark, we all think that, Come on, wink, wink, it plays a role. But you can understand probably why the NFL doesn't want their coaches and general managers coming out and actually acknowledging it. Yeah, I I mean, I understand. I understand why. Like, we don't want you to be that honest, right? Um, By the way, the Players Association, you know, puffing out their chest and stomping their feet. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you guys are the ones that agreed to it, right? You agreed to the protocol. So, um... Yeah, I mean, stop it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, to me, like, one, you know, I I keep hearing people say the the pushback. um, They're young. They bounce back. They're extremely healthy. They're at the top of their professions. COVID poses no, almost zero risk of death and and all this all this, that, and the other. And and my pushback to that is it's not about you. It's not about you as an individual player. It's not about you and your health. It's not about you. It's about everybody else that you have the potential of affecting. And I'm not just talking to players. You, know, you can sit there and t- say all the players are young. They're all between 25 and you know 35 for the most part, except Tom Brady. I, what I'm telling you is, hey, man, the coaches are old. It's a bunch of old coaches. There's a bunch of guys that and coaches aren't in the best of health. I, I promise you that. What they put themselves through, the stress they put themselves through, the hours they put themselves through, they're not in great health. And, you know, the trainers, man, my head trainer here in Denver was Greek. He just he just retired after forty five years with the Broncos. So, 
it's not just about you, it's about us. And for me, it's not only availability, which is very important, Mike, but it's responsibility. Do you have the re- are you responsible enough to sacrifice for the guys on your team? And that's I think that's what it boils down to, but the decisions like hey man, if it comes down to two guys that are equal in your eyes and they're bottom of the roster guys, they're going to play special teams whatever. Let's say it's two DBs. Say, hey, man, both of these guys played really well for us. We like them both. We think they both have potential upside. One dude is vaccinated. One dude refuses. I'm taking the vaccinated guy. Why? Because it gives you, I mean, it gives you a little bit more certainty. And even if it's only 20%, Mike, it's still 20%. Now, I... Sure, people are listening, and, and their immediate response is, well, it's been shown that vaccinated players can still test positive for COVID. Sure, That's of true. Where this becomes an issue is the COVID protocols in the NFL, and they are clearly different, and the impact it can have on a player and a team is clearly different if you're a vaccinated player versus a, an unvaccinated player. Just so you have the information, here's an example. If you're vaccinated, you get tested weekly for COVID. If you are unvaccinated, you get tested daily. A vaccinated player who tests positive is out for 10 days, although they can return sooner if they can produce two negative tests separated by 24 hours. The unvaccinated are out 10 days with no reprieve. You're out for 10 days before you Mm -hmm. can come back. Vaccinated player who comes in close contact with someone who later tests positive merely has to wear a mask in the team facility and get tested daily for five days. An unvaccinated player with a close contact is out five days, even if they test negative. So it's not a, a question of uh, if you're vaccinated, you don't get it. If you're unvaccinated, you can get it. It right. goes way beyond that. And this is why you could, as I just laid out, this is why you can understand why some teams may look at and say a vaccinated player po- uh, poses less headaches sure, than, a, than an unvaccinated player. Michael, I, you know, I, I became a free agent in 1995. And, you know, I was I was early in my career, won Super Bowls, was a Pro Bowl player, was a Pro Bowl alternate, then started having, you know, the injury issues creep up. And then I had um, Guillain-Barre, which is a, a autoimmune um, sickness. I missed half the 93 season. I came back in 94. I wasn't myself until about halfway through the season before I started really playing well. But I went on to meet with the Chicago Bears the very first day of free agency. Chicago Bears. Then I went to Indianapolis. Then I went to Atlanta. And I failed three physicals. Like, that's part of it, right? Teams risk the risk and reward. I was a free agent again in 97 after we won the Super Bowl here in Denver. And Seattle wanted to sign me. Their owner said no. There's too much risk from an injury standpoint. And the bottom line to me is this is just risk mitigation, right? It's there's there's more from an accountability standpoint or a predictability standpoint. It's probably better when it comes to is my player going to be available? I want to give myself the best opportunity to have the majority of my players available. It doesn't cure COVID. It doesn't stop you necessarily from getting COVID. What the the process of the vaccination is, it helps you fight it if you get it, like a flu vaccine. I you know, I, I mean it's it's not the it's not a end all be all panacea. 
it is it is to mitigate the potential of getting really sick and and ho- hopefully hospitalization and death and and so that's the NFL is all about as much certainty as I can get as much consistency as I can get it, it eliminate as, as many you know missed games as possible that's really what it boils down to also uh leave it this the most recent round of testing by the NFL uh seven times more players testing positive unvaccinated versus vaccinated so that's that's from the NFL what what's next for Cam Newton well I mean let's face it like Cam Newton still views himself as a starter I saw something that he posted like you you're telling me there's 32 guys better than me um well, I mean, better than you and more talented than you are two different questions. They may not be more talented than you, but are they better than you? And are you willing at some point to say, okay, I've reached that point in my career where I'm now a backup? And I don't think Cam Newton is necessarily there, but I will tell you, since he had that stretch early in the 2018 season, um, he has not been the same. And you know me, I mean, I have always looked at Cam Newton as deficient when it comes to being accurate with the football and on time with the football, especially in the mid to intermediate range throws. And so I've never looked at him as a guy that to me relied you know, relied on the neck-up process of playing quarterback. I've always looked at him as when your default mechanism, when things break down, his default mechanism is I'm bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody else. Let me go make a play. And as a young player, you can do that. What do they say about young running quarterbacks? I've seen plenty of good ones, young running quarterbacks. I've never seen a good old running quarterback. They just get beat up. And, you know, you look at it. I I was doing a game in 2018. I was in Cleveland, Mike. And Cam was warming up. And so I ended up talking to him on the field. And it was painful watching him. You could see how much it hurt his shoulder. And he gets one-on-one on the outside. The DB, I can't remember what happened with the DB. The safety can't get over there. And um, it is the, 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 the receiver in the game. Must get he's he's five yards behind the DB. The DB got sucked up on something, right? And or busted the coverage. And Cam tries to launch the ball. He can't throw it 35 yards. It just comes fluttering down and it gets picked off by the DB who's beat by five yards. And you know, and ended up he didn't finish that game. And I ended up just feeling bad for him. Like he was in he was laboring. And since that time, he came back in 2019, played a couple of games, had the toe injury, then went on IR, and he just hasn't been physically, he hasn't been the same. Last year, you know, he has COVID for New England, but he throws, what, eight touchdowns and 10 interceptions, and he's he's not the same athlete that he once was. And from a development standpoint, I just don't think he's the same quarter, or he, I, I don't think he's, he's gained enough from a, a pure quarterbacking standpoint to be, you know, to to think that you can win with him just out of the pocket. You've got to do other things with him 
And I just don't think he's developed to the point where you can just go, yeah, he can just win from the pocket. He's that good. And that's where I look at his NFL future and say, dude, if you're not willing to accept that you're a backup, you may not, you might, you may be, you know, you may be gone sooner than later. I, I think he'll figure it out, though. I, I think I think plenty of quarterbacks they get to that point where they realize this is my my figure new... it out as as he's going to wait till he gets a starting job. Or no, no, no. Out figure out that he needs a, to be a, a new lot in life, and that is as a a backup, a mentor. Hey, look, there's for a lot of these young quarterbacks who are coming into the league. You know, Cam Newton is somebody that they revere. You know, right. they grew up watching, and you know, this is a guy. And and throughout it all in New England now. What happened last week may have changed that relationship a little bit, but for the entire time he'd been in New England, Bill Belichick and others raved about his work ethic and, and what kind of leader he was. The players loved him. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at him and if he's willing to take on that role, right, he could do this for the next six, eight years if he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I, I agree. You know? I, I agree with that. I, I, I agree if he's willing to accept that role. And I believe – that that truly the reason they cut him, Mike, is out of respect for what he's done. They cut him to give him an opportunity if somebody goes down that he can he can roll in there and, and say, like they're looking at him like, hey, listen, we're gonna give you this opportunity to either, you know, sign with somebody else right now that you have a chance to come in there and win a starting job, or wait until somebody gets injured where you can come in and become the starting quarterback. So we're not going to sit here and hold you hostage right. and make you the backup to Mac Jones. We're not going to. We we respect you enough to do that for you, and I believe that that's probably the conversation. And I will say this about Bill Belichick: Bill doesn't suffer fools. He doesn't, but he respects guys that respect the game, that prepare the right way, that are professionals. That's who he is, and I believe that he has enough respect for Cam. To to have made that move, and he, you know he'll never get credit for it, but that to me is a class move. It's not just hey we cut you, see you around sometime. We cut you out of respect for you, so that you can find you know you can find another opportunity. Hey, by the way, want to make sure we uh, mention our presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Bet Rivers for all your betting needs. Check them out, betrivers.com. All right, so Mac Jones takes over in New England. Does that now? Really, in just the span of a week, that kind of changes the time frame for how we view now these these rookie quarterbacks and how and when they're going to be given the opportunity to make an impact. I mean, all of a sudden right. now, Mac Jones might be the, of all the quarterbacks that got drafted in the first round, he might have the chance to be the biggest impact of all of them. Yeah, and that isn't incredible. I, and I think it goes to show you, Mike, I think it goes to show you in the NFL that you know, you can be enamored by physicality and the physical talent, and, and the only thing talent provides you is an opportunity, right? And then you got to take advantage of the opportunity. But I think that when it when it comes to scouting and organizations, you really have to do your due diligence in regards to what system and how does the guy play. What system does he play? How complicated and complex is the system? How much is that coaching staff asking that guy to do? And I think what ends up happening is fan bases see a guy like Mac Jones come in and they're just like, oh, yeah, it's easy. You're a rookie quarterback. You come in, you win the job. Why isn't Justin Fields playing? Why isn't 
so-and-so. Why isn't this happening, right? Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. And I think a lot a lot has to do with the system that you played in in college, what you had to overcome in college, um, how much the coaching staff is asking you to put forth, and to also understand that the time constraints in college football, I mean, you you got to be – to be good at the next level, you've got to be a football junkie, um, regardless of probably the position you play, but especially the quarterback position. So, you know, now you open up the floodgates because Mac Jones is going to start. Yeah, everybody in Chicago is going crazy. Like, when's Justin Fields going to go? When are you going to start Justin Fields? Um, Trey Lance, obviously, right now is he's got the chip in his in his finger, and Kyle Shanahan isn't letting anybody know when they're going to start. Like. When is when is he going to become the quarterback? That he's not letting anybody know. He's not making any announcements. Um, so I, I just think there's a lot of expectations on these young guys. And obviously, Mike, not everybody's going to succeed, right? Not everybody's going to be great. And the whole bit about Mac Jones, and and I, I found this. I don't know if this is lazy or if it's um, terrible groupthink by the NFL. But explain this to me. I've heard people say, well, Mac Jones will only thrive or could only thrive in New England's system. Wait a minute. You're telling me there's a quarterback who's tailor-made for what they do in New England, a system that, oh, by the way, produced Tom Brady, produced Jimmy Garoppolo, has won a ton of football games, has won Super Bowls, and you're telling me that's the only team that wants to or can run that system? That that. That seems so backwards to me. You're, you're telling me that this guy, this kid, is tailor-made for the New England system. Why isn't that system yeah. employed elsewhere around the yeah, NFL right. so that Mac Jones types could go thrive there and there and there and there? I think that that – I think that's a bit of a stretch. You know, when you study the NFL, like I study the NFL, and you study offenses – Every offense is running the same ver- the same plays. I mean, they're all running like everybody on a day one pull puts in curl flat combination. Everybody puts in double slants. They call them lion in the West Coast offense. Everybody puts in slant drag in the in in an NFL offense. They call it dragon slant drag slant by the outside guy, drag on the underneath guy, whoever that is, and it can be. You know, your slot receiver, it could be your tight end, it could be your running back, right? But everybody puts it, it's day one installation stuff. Everybody runs it. Everybody runs, you know, everybody runs a, a flood concept where you have, you know, you have a, a smash route underneath, you've got a corner on top, and, and you know, you've got a, a a crossing route coming back to that one side of the football field, right? Everybody everybody runs it. Everybody, everybody runs the same stuff. It really comes down to how do you call it? Now, some people major in zone running schemes. Some people major in gap running schemes. Um, and then there's certain play actions that you like better off your gap and better off your zone. And the boot keep stuff comes off your zone and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, right? But the bottom line is they're all running essentially the same stuff. It really comes down to how you groom a guy, how you put him in a position to win how you mitigate potential disasters on the things that guy can't do and how you tie your running game into your passing game 
so that you can create explosive plays. It, it really comes down to who your coordinators are. And, like, there are some coordinators that say, hey, Mike, you're running this regardless. This is what we do, so run it. And then there are other guys that go, oh, wait, that's not, you don't, okay, you're going to run this instead because this is what you do well. So to me, it's it's not necessarily the system. It's the guy calling the plays that runs the system. If that guy is willing to adjust to your strengths and really to coach you, to groom you, to help you, right? Like what they've done in Buffalo. They've done an incredible job in Buffalo. Taking Josh Allen and making him his biggest threat is running the ball early in his career to being more of a spread offense and taking advantage of his 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 big arm and quick release. You know, I mean, it it just is again, it's a guy that has a vision and a guy that's willing to kind of manipulate his system to the strength of his guy. And and that really is what it boils down to. To me, Mac Jones could have been successful any place as long as the coordinator is willing to say, hey, what's your strengths and what's your weaknesses? Let's accentuate your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses. But, unfortunately, Mac Jones' types aren't selling, I guess, or exciting people as much as these quarterbacks who are perceived to be real dual threats. What? Big arm, athletic. Well, let me give you some Josh insight. Allen. Yeah, let me give you some insight into what's going on with the athletic quarterback. Obviously, Lamar, you know, people say, hey, did he catch up with Lamar? Stop it, right? Like, as long as he can outrun and outspin and outdo everybody, you haven't caught him. So, relax on that. But the bottom line is these quarterbacks now are opening up a run game that hasn't been open in the NFL. And it's true 11-on-11 football. And you feel like if you're coached up well enough, that quarterback is not taking or take, taking on, really is not putting himself in more of harm's way than he is in the pocket, if you do it right. And so that's kind of where they're at. And I think that ultimately, when you talk about the read zone game, get your quarterback on the edge, give him an ability to run the football, but all the RPO stuff that comes off of that, all the stuff that as a defense you have a tough time preparing for. And so it gives you it gives you volume, more volume in your run game, but it gives the defense a ton more volume to have to prepare for. But, okay, I get all that, but I, I can't believe that the NFL has changed so much that a guy – stylistically, like Mac Jones, can't still thrive. I mean, you're still talking ultimately about a guy who, if he ends up being legit, is a guy who's going to know your defense better than you know it. He's going to know where all the mismatches are. He's going to know where to go with the ball. He's going to be deadly accurate. Mm. He's going to have tremendous pocket presence. He'll be able to manipulate the pocket, move around, slide, and just put up huge numbers for an offense, even though he does not possess right. those other qualities that you're talking about. Are you are you telling me that these these kind of quarterbacks are going the way of the dinosaur or what? No, I think I I still think guys who win championships still have that have that 
where you're protected have that, you know, pocket presence have where you win from ultimately you win in the passing game from from the pocket. Um, like, you know, I think you win a lot of games with a guy that's got versatility and duality and can run and can do all those things in the RPO game and all that stuff. And I, I think ultimately you win a lot of games doing that. Um, bottom line, you'll still put your quarterback in harm's way to a degree a little bit more um, because you're still throwing from the pocket too. So you're still you, there's still that potential. But the bottom line is until you show me those guys winning multiple championships all the time, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I still think you win from the pocket in this league. Well, even these guys that we're, we're talking about, those dual threat guys, Russell Wilson didn't become a $30 million a year guy until he proved he could dominate from the pocket. Josh Allen doesn't get this contract that right. he just got during the offseason. Yeah. Unless he proves last season he can torment teams from the pocket as much as he can out on the edge. Yeah, you're right. You're so, 100% right. So it, it'll be interesting to see exactly how that transition happens. But, um, yeah, Mac Jones, yeah, listen, okay, so we don't have that part of our offense. That, that's not part of what we do. But we can still be really good. We can still be really efficient. We can still run the ball really well. Um, they don't do that in New England. They won a lot of championships. They didn't do that in Tampa last year. Guess what they won? A championship. Now, I understand it's the GOAT. I understand it's Tom Brady. But I still will always defer to show me a guy that can win from the pocket. Show me a guy that can, that like you said, knows your defense better than you know it. And I'll show you a guy that, that can win championships. All right. When next we meet? Yes. Absolutely. We got games to break down. Games to break down. Can't wait for it to happen. We'll be back with you next week. Want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Bet Rivers for all your needs. Check them out. Download the app, betrivers.com.